Hello and welcome to MYP Decoded. In this series of podcasts, we aim to do what it says on the tin. Parts of the Middle Years program can tend to be a little confusing. So in these chats, we hope to demystify and explain aspects of the program in some detail. The podcasts are aimed at current or future MYP parents, educators who are interested in finding out more about the IB world, and teachers new to the MYP. I'm Vaughan Kitson. If you'd like to comment or inquire about any aspects of these podcasts, please contact me on LinkedIn or send me an email. Details can be found in the episode description. I'd love to refer to any feedback in future episodes. And of course, please subscribe and share this if you like what you hear. Welcome to episode two. Episode one was rather well received. Thank you for the positive feedback. Today we're looking at metacognition and self-regulated learning. These are terms or concepts that appear in educational writings and conversations, but all too often the deep appreciation of their meaning and significance probably doesn't get emphasized or clarified enough. Well, not to the wider community that matters anyway. Also, parents and educators are busy people who don't necessarily have the time or inclination to go and read articles about metacognition. Why would they? So the aim of the next two episodes is to articulate in plain English what metacognition is, why it is essential, and with any luck, it should become apparent that the Middle Years program is in fact extremely well designed to embrace the concept of metacognition and develop self-regulated learners. My guest in this episode is Aoife Abushakra, and we'll be referring to the findings from two articles. You can find the details in the episode notes. Hi, Aoife. Hi, Vaughn. Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Why don't you introduce yourself and uh, maybe you could even talk about your own podcast. Oh, sure. Okay. So I'm uh, Aoife Abushakra. I'm currently the TOK coordinator at Braha International School and soon to be head of English department. Um, yes, I do have my own podcast called Talk the Talk about TOK. Um, so hopefully some of your listeners will come join me over there. Um, and today I'm excited to talk about the MYP program. I'll just mention that Aoife is actually my inspiration for, for starting a podcast. I thought that's something we've got to just do. So here we go. Okay, so um, should we just try, dive straight in then? Sure, let's go. Okay, All right. So, so where does the term metacognition actually come from? Well, a quick search tells us that cognition is a term referring to the mental processes involved in gaining knowledge and comprehension. So these cognitive processes include thinking, knowing, remembering, judging and problem solving. And these are higher level functions of the brain and they encompass language, imagination, perception and planning. Indeed. And meta comes from the Greek word meta, meaning after or beyond. But in epistemology, the preferred usage is about. So metacognition is about cognition, or more commonly described as thinking about thinking. Also, a term like metadata is simply data about the data. And of course, there are many others such as metamemory, meta-analysis. So although the definition on the face of it is fairly basic, in the literature, numerous definitions and models of metacognition exist. So you'll be pleased to know that we won't be doing any sort of deep dive into the world of cognitive psychologists and the like, um, and their study of metacognition in the context of executive functions. Uh, we'll keep this fairly light and general. So for our purposes, metacognition is broadly defined as purposeful thinking about thinking. 
and according to Wynne and Perry in 2000, has been described as the gateway to self-regulating one's learning. In the episode description, there's a link to a very short YouTube video which nicely explains the metacognition cycle. So that's definitely worth a look. Okay, so from time to time I do talk about uh, IB documentation. Um, one of the big ones, which is called From Principles into Practice, is the IB's guiding document for the middle years program. And the terms metacognitive or metacognition appear no less than six times. And we'll be looking a little bit more closely at some of the standards within the program standards and practices document a bit later too. Anyway, right. So we've dealt with the basics of what metacognition is. What is self-regulation then? Well, in the Education Endowment Foundation article, there's a nice description. Self-regulation is about the extent to which learners are aware of their strengths and weaknesses and the strategies they use to learn. So self-regulated learning can be broken into three essential components, cognition, metacognition, and motivation. Right. So for cognition, we are referring to the cognitive strategies, which are fundamental to acquiring knowledge and completing learning tasks. So... Maths is my subject, so in maths, an example might be the methods involved in solving a quadratic equation. In MYP English, we, we scaffold and support our students constructing analytical responses by um, looking at outlines and um, structuring the response with topic sentences and the PEA method for paragraphs. Um, so metacognition is about the way students monitor and purposefully direct their learning. So metacognitive learners would select a task-specific goal that their prior experience suggests is appropriate and realistic. While working on the task, they select from an array of cognitive strategies based on their strengths and weaknesses and relevant past experiences. Indeed. And as stated in the EEF article, it is impossible to be metacognitive without having different cognitive strategies to hand. The third component of self-regulated learning is motivation. So this is about our willingness to engage in our metacognitive and cognitive skills and apply them to learning. Yes, and when one considers all the distractions faced by teenagers these days, I'd suggest that motivation and perseverance are skills that need to rise above natural cognitive aptitude in many cases. One of our maths teachers has a poster in his room with the familiar saying, mistakes have the power to turn you into something better than you were before. So the emotional knowledge and regulation skills that students bring with them when approaching a task can massively support their use of metacognition as well as the academic resilience to persist through setbacks. In the previous episode of this podcast, we addressed some of the approaches to learning skills with a focus on research skills. Another of the categories within the ATL framework in the MIP is self-management skills. And as you can imagine, these need to be a focus by teachers, students, as well as parents in order for the self-regulated learning process to be impactful and sustainable. Aoife, did you manage to pull up a few specific skills? Yeah, so within the category of self-management skills, we have, of course, organization, effective, and reflection. Um, and under the effective, um, um, we have skills such as self-motivation, resilience, and emotional management. Um, and considering the, not to flog a dead horse, but the COVID-19 context that we find ourselves in, I think these skills are a, a prime focus for us now with our MYP learners. Um, even as teachers, we can feel... Um, 
um, uh, the resilience and emotional management um, are important factors to consider. Absolutely. We've got teams fatigue. We're always on our devices. We're teaching on them. We're communicating through them. Um, and of course, organization as well is always important. Managing your time and your tasks effectively. And I think that links nicely back to metacognition. Uh, yes, you're right. Thanks for that. And um, a finding from the policy paper uh, is that students who are motivated to complete a task are more likely to use metacognitive learning strategies, while conversely, when use of metacognitive skills leads to greater academic success, it can increase a student's motivation to learn. That makes sense. Uh, it does. <laughs> so to summarize, all three aspects of self-regulated learning interact in complex ways during the learning process. Okay, so let's just look a little bit more at uh, some of the theory associated with metacognition because I think it helps to appreciate why lessons and sequences of lessons have to be so carefully thought through. So three aspects of metacognition are commonly studied and are equally important to the self-regulated learning process. These are metacognitive knowledge, metacognitive skills, and metacognitive experiences. So metacognitive knowledge can be one of three types. Declarative knowledge is knowing basic facts as well as concepts which are required in order to progress, like rules involved in sentence structure or a mathematical formula. From a metacognitive perspective, this means that the student knows which rules or formula they do and don't currently know. The second one is procedural knowledge, and this focuses on a student's understanding of various learning techniques. And conditional knowledge is how students can know when and why to use a certain strategy. Metacognitive skills refers to the capacity to actively monitor and control one's own thinking and behavior using specific learning strategies such as goal setting, progress monitoring, and deliberate reflection. And finally, metacognitive experiences are explicit learning opportunities that activate metacognitive knowledge and require the use of metacognitive skills. It's important to note that these metacognitive experiences are certainly not limited to a student's time in a classroom because learning opportunities are everywhere. So how do we recognize the effects of positive metacognitive knowledge and skill development? Could you explain a bit? Yeah, sure. So in 2016, Carlin's study of students preparing for university entrance divided them into four types of self-regulated learners based on measured levels of four categories, motivation, self-efficacy, self-concept, and metacognitive strategy use. But interestingly, when the same students were measured nine months later, there were fluctuations. So it's certainly not a static concept so what are those four types? Well, coming in fourth, we have the unmotivated learners, and they score the lowest in all four categories. No surprise there. The confident learners had high levels of motivation, self-efficacy, and self-concept, but low levels of metacognitive strategy use. The strategic learners had high levels of metacognitive strategy use, but scored low in the other three categories. And then finally, maximal learners scored high in all four and were the most academically successful students. Interesting. Nice. So that's at least a start. We can begin to identify where different students are in those categories. I'll put my TOK hat on for a moment. Please do. I'm maybe a skeptic. But is it fair or accurate to categorize learners in this way? Just looking at those categories, it made me think, well, a confident learner in my literature class 
might be um, an unmotivated learner in a math class. So maybe it, it, the context needs to be considered as well. Absolutely. I think we have a pretty good idea now about the terminology. So let's dig a little deeper to discover why metacognition is so important. Meta-analyses, there's that meta word again, going back to the 1980s, have found a positive link between metacognition and students' academic performance. One of the biggest names in educational research, John Hattie, performed the most well-known meta-analysis in 2009, which involved over 800 meta-analyses focusing on factors predicting academic achievement. Oh, that gives me a headache. <laughs> Actually, me too. <laughs> um, the conclusion was that the teaching of metacognitive strategies are among the top 10 most influential factors in student learning and success. The policy paper, which we keep referring to, makes a reference to additional meta-analyses, such as Donker et al. 2014. Basically, there is plenty of evidence which sings the praises of interventions which are designed to improve metacognitive knowledge and skills. Also, maybe we should consider our PYP students coming into the MYP program next year. By the time students are finishing primary school, Evidence suggests that their perceptions of their own metacognitive experiences are becoming far more accurate than earlier in their schooling. So by the time they reach us in MYP, it's potentially a great time or the optimal time to be explicitly providing opportunities for students to develop their metacognitive knowledge and skills. Awesome. Great time to, to welcome them into our... MIP will then. Okay, so why don't we talk through an example of what metacognition might look like in practice in the classroom. Let's, let's use your subject, English. Mm -hmm. What grade level and unit would you like to look at and what is the task or activity that the class will be focusing on? Sure. So I have a grade 10 unit in mind, actually. So when they're at the end of their MYP journey and the unit is called Documenting Destiny. And in this unit, we have students. And what I like about it is they, they reflect back on all of the English texts that they've studied from grade 6 to 10. And they choose one to use as a springboard to explore a global issue of their choice. And the assessment in, involves them creating a documentary of their own about that global issue. Right. So as the student, you would be entering the first lesson of this unit armed with a certain amount of metacognitive knowledge. Um, so in grade 10, I expect that they would be familiar with um, what a global issue would constitute. And they would be familiar with the style of a, a documentary, which would give them something to, to emulate. Um, and by the time they've reached um, year five of the MYP program, they have developed their ability in terms of terminology, um, expression, creativity, and presentation. Um, so they can draw upon, um, like I said, this unit um, is particularly effective in that it draws upon all those skills that we've been working on throughout the MYP English program um, to put together this creative piece in the end. Okay, so in taking on this task, um, you can start by using this knowledge and then ideally you would apply and adapt the knowledge to the expectations of the task. And this is known as metacognitive regulation, but it's not a one-off process. The metacognitive regulation cycle involves planning, monitoring and evaluating and in the process updating your metacognitive knowledge as well as updating your subject knowledge and skills. Okay, so coming back to our example, how could this look in our grade 10 English class. 
So starting with the planning questions, obviously, a great degree of planning would need to take place before they create the documentary. So they might ask themselves questions like, what resources do I need to create an effective documentary? What have I learned from the examples that we've looked at in class? Because there will be a certain degree of modeling. Um, monitoring questions as they're going through the process of creating the documentary. Am I finding this challenging? What is in particular challenging about this for me? Is there anything I need to stop and change to improve my documentary? And then the evaluation questions could be, how could I do this better next time? Are there any other techniques I would like to try out? And this might follow the process of peer review when we finish the unit or we're towards the end of the unit, we showcase examples from a variety of students. And that's part of the learning process as well, because they're all going to approach it quite differently. Okay, perfect. I think that explains the student's thinking process quite nicely. Um, okay, so let's turn our attention to the MYP, the Middle Years Program specifically. So one of the reasons I selected the topic of metacognition for this episode is that I feel that there are clear links in the design of a unit of study in the MIP with the planning, monitoring, and evaluating aspects of a metacognitive regulation cycle. So let's look at each of the three, starting with planning. According to that EEF article, uh, the teachers should encourage students to think about the goal of their learning, consider how they will approach the task, ensure they understand the goal, activate relevant prior knowledge, select appropriate strategies, and consider how to allocate their effort. Could you describe how this would look from an MYP perspective? Yes, of course. And I think that's something we do really well in the MYP. So this would involve the teacher introducing the key concept and related concepts, facilitating discussions which trigger prior knowledge and relevance. And these discussions would take place through the lens of a particular global context, helping students to understand the goal, providing a relevant focus from the start. A careful analysis of the statement of inquiry combined with a focus on the selected ATL skills will assist the students to consider appropriate strategies and provide a clear picture of where their effort would need to be allocated the most. Okay, and then during the monitoring phase, the teacher would emphasize the need for students to assess the progress they are making. This is where I see the inquiry questions playing an important role in the metacognitive regulation cycle. Perhaps we could come back to that grade 10 unit and you could talk through the different inquiry questions and how teachers could promote efficient monitoring where students are assessing their progress and making changes to their chosen strategies. So inquiry questions are divided into three categories, factual, conceptual and debatable. And in the documentary units, inquiry questions could range from um, what is a documentary to more conceptual things like how can literature teach us about real life? How do documentaries ensure the stories they tell are fair representations of events? How does editing shape an audience's response to a documentary? Uh, and then debatable questions such as are documentarians manipulative? What's the most important element in a documentary? Are true stories more compelling because they are real? Um, so these inquiry questions are, are really um, connected to that reflection process of metacognitive thinking. Brilliant. And uh, in the evaluating phase, students are provided with opportunities to develop their ATL reflection skills. And when this is occurring on a regular basis across all of their subjects, it can only be a good thing. 
and students get to talk to each other about these skills, so they learn from each other in the process. Magic! Yes, love it. <laughs> okay, so that is what happens within an MYP unit of study. We haven't even mentioned service learning, which is of course a massive part of what goes on in an IB school, and specifically service as action in the MYP. Students complete cycles of services action, which involves them planning, taking action, and reflecting. So as well as developing communication skills, self-management skills, and social skills, as they progress through the five years, students are further developing their metacognition. So this next little point really excites me from an MIP perspective. Finding number eight in the policy paper refers to students making use of general or domain-specific metacognitive knowledge and skills to complete cognitive tasks. Domain-specific knowledge and skills are necessary for near transfer, meaning different tasks within the same subject, for example, whereas general metacognitive knowledge and skills are needed for far transfer, where students are applying a strategy learned in one subject to another subject. And this is where I believe the MYP really stands out. With ATL skills? <laughs> exactly. One of the clusters of the MYP ATL skills framework, which is found within the category of thinking skills, just happens to be called... Transfer skills. True story. There are two skills which specifically target the development of general metacognitive knowledge and skills. These are compare conceptual understanding across multiple subjects, as well as make connections between different subjects. Couldn't be clearer than that. Now, I'm not saying that developing the transfer of metacognitive skills and knowledge is by any stretch of the imagination easy task. And this is confirmed by the research as well as in our own context when analyzing data from our grade 7 and 8 students who have been making use of skill tracker software. However, if an MIP school completes an effective horizontal and vertical mapping of the ATL skills, like we have done and are continuing to do, it is clear where and when the students get to develop their transfer skills explicitly. And often the interdisciplinary unit, which is present in each grade level, serves as an additional and perhaps even more effective opportunity for the students to work on these transfer skills. And in fact, I think this is a good place for us to pause and continue the discussion in the next episode. We'll be looking at epistemological links, standardized testing, different national approaches, a few misconceptions about metacognition, as well as a brief look at some IB guiding documentation. And the main focus will be some detailed explanations about why metacognition and the MIP go hand in hand. So please keep an eye out for the next episode. Thanks, Aoife. Um, looking forward to the second half. Me too. Thank you for having me on today. I'm really excited to talk about metacognition again. I just wanted to make a really cringy joke to conclude do, the podcast. Do. At the beginning, you mentioned that meta, coming from the Greek word meta, um, in this context is, is, you, is referring to about. So I guess you could say that your podcast is meta MYP. And that's why I invited you on this podcast, Aoife. And we'll make sure there are plenty more of these jokes in the next episode. That's definitely a reason to tune in. So until next time, bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to MYP Decoded. Please subscribe to be informed of upcoming episodes. And thank you to Yashas Acharya for all the clever behind-the-scenes technical operations. Until next time, goodbye.